Shalom Aleichem, this is Rabbi Kovacs. Mishnah Yomi continues in chapter 1 of Moed Koton at Mishnah Yud, the 10th and final Mishnah of this chapter, and it is still Cholomoed Sukkot, while we are learning about the laws of Cholomoed, very appropriate. And tomorrow is a special day, it's the last day of Cholomoed, but it's Hoshana Rabbah, which we discussed in the Mesechet Sukkot, we were learning there in the Mishnayot that there was a special uh, minhag, a special custom in the temple involving uh, Ravot, the willows, and we have special customs dating to the time of the Nevi'im. We have have Hoshana Rabba, special prayers with Hakafot, with our Lulav and Etrog in Shul, even uh, to this day. So let's pick up at Mishnah Yud. Osin Ma'ke Legog, you can make a protective fence for your roof, Lamer Peset, or for your porch, Masehediot in a non-professional manner of a low masse uman, but not as a professional construction. Now the ma'ake is a mitzvah mentioned in Deuteronomy, Devarim chapter 22, and the idea is to have a fence around the edge of the roof or the mirpeset, the patio, whatever it is that people might, God forbid, fall off of to prevent injury. Now, the case we're talking about the Mishnah is a case where maybe it's an outbuilding or a shed or something where people aren't necessarily going up on the roof and using the roof. You know, in, in ancient times, they used to spread out fruits to dry on the roof or you could eat lunch up there. And in modern times in Eretz Yisrael, the, the roof uh, could be used for drying laundry or another number of other uses. So if it's a building where people are really going up on the roof and there's a possibility someone could fall off, then you'd be allowed to make the maka even in a professional uh, you know, very solid manner because to prevent bodily harm or God forbid death, we can go all out to do so. It's just when you don't really, really need it, but you're doing it for the sake of the mitzvah, so you could just do it in, in a sort of um, amateur fashion, and then after Cholomod, you do it in a professional manner. The mission continues, Shofin et Sdokin, you can fill in the cracks with plaster, umagilinotan b'magila biyad b'regel, and you can roll them with a rolling of hand or foot. Now, the Mepharshim, they explain, they don't mean you could use a roller. Using a roller is a professional uh, tool, you know, it's a tool of the trade to have a paint roller to, to roll out the tar or the plaster, but someone could use their hand or their foot, even if the result is just as smooth as using a roller. But don't use a trowel. A trowel is another professional tool that was commonly used to fill in the cracks using plaster so you don't have drips. Mission continues at Tzir Vahatsinor. These first two are the sort of the like it's like a dowel for a door. It's like the sticking out part of the door. And the Tsinor is the socket that that sticky out part goes into. I'm sure there's a technical term for it. The Hakura or a beam, the monul, or the lock, the mafteh, or the key, shnishbru. One of these things broke on cholamod. Metaknan b'moed. You'd be allowed to repair it on cholamod. Bevotchulu yechavin malachta b'moed. But you couldn't schedule a locksmith, for example, to come on cholamod. So they bring down the halacha, the post say, if somebody's, God forbid, their car breaks down or their camel breaks down on cholamod, they could have it repaired. But to actually schedule maintenance for cholamod, we do not do. The Mishnah here concludes, Any pickles that you might eat during the festival season, you may pickle them. The idea being that it was common to pickle foods to preserve them for long-term use, but if this is food you're going to eat during Cholomoed or during the last days of Yom Tov, go ahead and pickle it up on Cholomoed.
Now we turn to chapter two, and we're continuing the theme of ongoing processes. So Mishnah Aleph in chapter two, somebody turned over his olives. Now this was a stage in their processing when they're getting soft and they're about to be pressed into olive oil. The Eru Evil, and God forbid he became a mourner. He lost a close relative, O Onus, or there was a situation beyond his control, or the workers he hired to do the actual pressing and extract the olive oil, they tricked him or they just didn't show up to work or they demanded a higher wage or whatever it was where they were unable to fulfill the contract. And he couldn't actually press the oil before the moed. So now what could he do on hola moed? And again, this is to avoid a loss. Once you've turned over your olives and they're getting soft, the juice is gonna start to ooze out and then rot if you don't squeeze them in the olive press and bottle up the olive oil appropriately. So what can he do? He can load up the first beam and leave it until after the holiday. He'll come back next week and when it's not holomot anymore and finish up. So this first beam is the first press. So the extra virgin olive oil they get from the first press, that he could extract. But the, the additional pressings with additional weights, he could not. Divrei Rabbi Yehuda. That's Rabbi Yehuda's opinion. Rabbi Yossi Omer Zolif Vigomer Vigaf Kedarko. Rabbi Yossi disagrees. He says someone can spill the olives onto the press and finish pressing them out, you know, by adding additional weights to get all the resid- residual oil out of the pulp. They go off Kedarko and seal up the vats of olive oil in the normal manner.